0: Welcome to Your Life and Money, where we believe that financial planning is not just about numbers, it's about your life. I'm Brad Smith, joined always by Tim Barodi, and each episode we'll be sharing stories from real people who have used life-centered planning to achieve their goals and dreams. At Advice First, we believe that the key to financial success is aligning your money with your values and your priorities. And we're here to help you do just that. So sit back, relax, and let's get started on the journey to a life-centered
1: Plan. Well, Brad, nice to see you in the studio again as we uh, are now in the middle of February uh, when this is going to be released. And um, we're at that time of year where we've just celebrated Valentine's Day. Uh, we have Family Day here in Ontario this month. Um, so it's a month <laughs> where a lot of people <laughs> maybe don't <laughs> feel January is the, or February is the most exciting month, but um, a month where um, I feel that there was a few things kind of going on that maybe um, we could focus on a topic today that may be um, maybe a little different for, for some people, and, uh, and that is the idea of uh, wealth languages or, or love languages. Um, and so, um, yeah, give us a little bit of background maybe of where this topic comes from and, and where some people may have heard of this before.
0: Well, you know, um, advisors can do a great job for people get them a I don't know, great rate of return or do terrific planning for them and things still don't go well uh, and we know from statistics that uh, you know one of the biggest issues around uh, the breakdown of wealth is actually around communication relationships so this is relationship month it's it's valentine's day it's family day so this is the time that we really try to focus on our relationships and we know that communication in our relationships is super important. And with money is sometimes one of those things we don't like to talk a whole lot about. We just want things to kind of work out. Mm-hmm. And we know that um, you know intergenerationally, um, when wealth is is passed down, it's the it's the communication around that that breaks it down, and uh, and it's it's spoiled, you know, two or three generations out. So right. it's an intergenerational thing, but it's also between spouses as well. We know that divorce is is broken down often because of a lack or poor communication, so.
1: Right, so um, the idea of of wealth languages or love languages as it's sometimes uh, referred to there's a, there's a book by Gary Chapman, which was called The Five Love Languages, um, and I know some of our clients have, are probably familiar with that book, and I know we've recommended it to some people in the Do you the know past. Your, your love languages? Pardon? Do you know what your love language is? Uh, I have an idea of what it is. So. <laughs> Mine's affirmation, so make sure you say really good
0: <laughs> things about me here.
1: Um, but, but the topic we're gonna talk about today is a, a little bit different, and, um, and I guess I should give a, a thank you Uh, To archetype wealth partners who have allowed us to use this material and um, and talk about this today Um, But but today we're going to be talking kind of focusing a bit more on four wealth languages Um, and so the the four wealth languages are broken down by kind of two Categories or two axes that kind of split it into four quadrants if you're you're thinking about a kind of a traditional chart um, so the the first axis is um, the idea of risk, correct? So kind of those low risk takers versus the high risk takers, um, and then um, this what what's the second axis when you're looking at again low risk, high risk, and then the other axis um, is what?
0: The other axis is near term or future. All right. So if you think of it on the x-axis, is you got somebody who's thinking you know more in the immediate time, the the near, and then you have people that think much more longer term. Uh, so you can, uh, in the future, so that is kind of your spectrum on that side, and then on the y-axis, as you mentioned, it's just a, an element of risk. How much risk are you willing, uh, are you not willing to take, but are you naturally inclined to to or comfortable take? Taking, comfortable comfortable taking, yeah. How you're built actually is around mm-hmm. how much risk you're willing to take. Some people are very low risk, as we know, and others are happy to take some
1: risk. So right. So as we're, as we're looking at that, uh, that breakdown, um, again, it, it naturally kind of creates four quadrants, right? You're in your one corner, you've got your low risk near term, opposite that you've got your high risk long term, um, and then again, obviously your high risk short term. Low risk long term. And so what we want to do today is just touch on kind of those four different quadrants and, and those four different languages as they're broken down into um, and again, kind of how those those languages differ um, and, and why it's important to understand what those languages are because it's it's usually Spouses will have different different languages almost always, them, right? So right. opposite attract. Yeah, right? I mean, I know Laura and I are are at opposite ends of these exactly. uh, spectrums. So um, let's just jump right in, um, and we'll start in the bottom corner again. And there's no right or wrong to any of these, but um, when we're looking at kind of the low risk, immediate term, short term. Um, type of people Uh, that is what we call the stability um, wealth language so talk to us a little bit about um, what those stability people are like
0: yeah so as you just mentioned very much uh, they're focused more on the near-term they're not thinking long-term they want stability kind of now which is why they're called stability people they're uh, adverse to risk they don't like to take a whole lot of risk they're looking for financial security um not only for themselves but others mm-hmm. so this is where you just mentioned you know there isn't one of these that are right or wrong it's you know you shouldn't be this or you should you and you should be that sort of thing it's just who we are right. uh, and and what it kind of makes us up to be and that stability person that is as as we mentioned near term low risk they they they're really focused on trying to create financial security for themselves Um, and for others, especially those that they love their family, um, they're going to be looking at using monies to make the home feel great, like a very welcoming place that everybody wants to come and gather around the table and be together. That's, that's a very stable, um, environment that they're trying to create in the home. Um, they, uh, they don't tend to really want to talk about money very much. They're Mm -hmm. looking more actually a bit into the experience and, and, and having that environment of stability, but not really talking about numbers. But they do want to know that that everything is looked after, right? right? right. Where is it that everything is good? Because that's still uh, the stability side of that. So they really focus on stability of the home. Um, Yeah, they want to make sure that today's needs are looked after. Um, They're nurturers. They are guardians of the family. They're guardians of friends. They're... They will generously invite people into the home uh, to try to create that stable environment. So those are the kind of the positives, you know, kind of that motherly kind of view of them. But the, the negative, if there's a, a challenge side to the sta- stability people is that they can, um, they can be paralyzed a little bit by unrealistic uh, concerns, uh, maybe even fear. Um, and sometimes they'll even kind of overstep their their boundaries to try to deliver that stability or that stable household though they'll be a little bit tougher on people to try to create that that stable and that can create um can butt some heads sometimes
1: right and and does that kind of come from that idea that again they are they are more focused on the here and now and so again they may not be looking out to even though things may be fine looking out ahead, they're not, because they're focused so much on the, the today, what's happening today, that it can kind of lead to some of those, again, it's not a, a good or bad, it's just those challenges that people, uh, or that mindset, I guess, can kind of bring up is you're so focused on the near term that you're not, you can't kind of see ahead to see that things are okay right <laughs> right but they want to know that it is right but they
0: don't want to look at the numbers they don't really want to talk about it right but they want to know that it's all good in the future Um, but it's stable now right now right, right. Um, and then that's where they can be kind of paralyzed or even outstep their boundaries because they are always looking to know what's right that's that going today. to be okay right. Right?
1: yeah yeah and so then on that same kind of low-risk spectrum as we look out to again Um, Okay, instead of being focused, again, we're still a lower risk, but instead of being focused on as much on today, but we're now we're maybe a little bit more focused on the future. Those are obviously called the future, the future love language. So um, so how do they, again, besides the obvious, I guess, but but how are they different um, more in kind of the mindset or how they may behave or communicate around uh, around financial topics?
0: Yeah, the titles are actually fairly obvious when you think of <laughs> it. I would hope so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, future people obviously are focused on the future, so it kind of goes without being said. Uh, but at the same time, they are risk adverse. So you think maybe people who are focused more on the future would be more riskier people, and there is of course a category for that. But um, in this particular case, they don't like the, the risk that comes with it. So, um, so they have kind of a, these people are the type of people that want to uh, check all the boxes mm. to make sure- Know where everything is. Know everything yeah. where everything is, uh, that everything's looked after. And because we've done that, uh, we have a predictable future. Uh, so, these people are, are their language, their wealth language is, is let's create a smooth road ahead mm. so that when the kids are going to post secondary education, we're prepared for okay. that, right? We know, we know what exactly gonna what's going to happen. Yep. It's all taken care of. There's nothing that we have to really struggle to, to pull things together. Uh, retirement, the same way. Um, even, even. even all the way to the end, like to estate planning mm-hmm. and making sure that their wills are done and their powers of attorneys are in place and everything, all the boxes are checked. That's these people. Um, so they're
1: they, the real planners is like, for, from our perspective, yeah. they're our dream, right? They're people that love to plan, get engaged, looking ahead and knowing what's kind of going on in, Ex- the, in the future.
0: Exactly, but don't want to take the risk, right? right. Just everything is, is in its place and it's uh, it's going to work out just fine. So they love the consistency around uh, finances and relationships they're very reliable um, and uh, they love helping even other people think through financial situations and and uh, decision making as well Uh, however um, they can have some challenges too so if things don't quite go the way they want to you know they can um, they can get hung up in things that deviating from the plan. Mm, Like this isn't mm -hmm. working out the way we thought it was. Um, And it can also get some um, paralysis by analysis by making sure not only am I ticking the box, but am I ticking the right box? And which box should I be ticking? And so you can get into some uh, paralysis by analysis there with those folks.
1: So these would be kind of, again, kind of if you're, I hate to generalize people, but like your engineers would usually fall into this type of pool, right? Very analytical looking again want to know exactly where everything is lined up to go where everything's heading Um, but again as you mentioned you can kind of get stuck in that uh, over analytical side of things at the same time that you're you're so focused on the low risk side of it that even though you're looking out ahead you're you're too focused on i really need to make sure everything is perfect right Right. (laughs) exactly and then again when something unexpected comes up that can be where the real challenge yeah. occurs and
0: we won't pick on just engineers even though we're generalizing but yes engineers. i'll say accountants, accountants, too. accountants I mean, I'll, yeah i planners you got it so there's there's a few people in that category for sure
1: let's stick now again still with the go back to the short term um but look at now instead of short-term low risk what about the short-term high risk again from a from an investment perspective in our traditional kind of field, that's not usually a common occurrence, right? Like we're not normally recommending a short-term high-risk investment that just doesn't fit, right? right. Um, but there are people from a, from a wealth languages perspective that that is kind of how they view things. Um, and these are people that live kind of in the moment, right? right. called moment people. So um, walk us through a little bit about, um, yeah, kind of, how again how how this wealth language is different and and some of the 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 pros and cons or strengths and and challenges that that these people experience. Everybody
0: loves the moment people <laughs> because they're fun. They're enjoying life in the moment right now. And and um and they're yeah, they're just more fun than stability people and future people who are trying to tick boxes and making sure that everything is perfect at home and all those nothing wrong with those but Where's the spontaneity? Where's the enjoyment of life now? Instead of everything being methodical and low risk, Um, and so everybody loves the 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 moment. People Uh, they they're looking to use money to kind of maximize life experience right now. Right. Um, They are less concerned about risk and more concerned about the potential outcome. Mm -hmm. Right. So you know let's go cliff jumping well wait wait a minute we we, we need to check the
1: water <laughs> so we're not looking far out into the future <laughs> <No>. <laughs> these people are like
0: let's jump let's go this is going to be fantastic and so um and so that's where they bring that spontaneity and, and that's why people are very much attracted to them so yeah much more carefree about their money um they really want to help others enjoy life They tend to be more generous as well, right? Yeah, Uh, they they're much more giving um, because, yeah, like yeah, let's just give to that. They get um, not caught up, but they get swept up with Mm -hmm. the the emotion of of the of the need and are like, yeah, let's let's get in there and and help that out to help that cause out without where the the stability people are like, oh wait wait a minute, how does this fit? (laughs) We gotta make sure this is going to right. We can afford this sort Mm -hmm. of thing. So. yeah. So, but the challenge with moment people is that they will put their um, their self worth in their ability to spend money.
1: Mm. So they
0: can tend to get into more trouble around money because of their spontaneity, because they're wanting to enjoy life right now. Um, that um, they don't. I've heard clients and people say before, oh, I can always earn money in the future, right? right? That's that type of person. Let's enjoy life. We'll figure it out later. Mm-hmm. But they can get themselves into some financial trouble.
1: And again, if you, I mean, worst case, run out of those resources or something happens, and again, maybe you can't work or something, that's where, again, you can you can bring some real challenges, not just to your financial situation, but even just your financial mindset, right? Because right. again, it's hard for your brain to reconcile around well how do I deal with this right and right. and where am I getting that sense of worth and value and if I if I can't do some of these things right right yeah so then now we go to the the high-risk long-term right. um, uh, and uh, and the, the fourth quadrant on, on our little graph here um, and these are the opportunity people. So again, we're focused um, more on, again, we're willing to take risk, but again, we're still looking out into the future. Um, and so, um, yeah, walk us through the, the uh, opportunity mindset, the wa- opportunity language um, and, and again, some of the the challenges and, and um, strengths that they that, that wealth language kind of goes through.
0: Yeah, so think of your entrepreneurial person here who's like, yeah, I'm going to go start a business because they want to grow something. Mm-hmm. So starting a business is higher risk. Right. It's not just a, a, a two-week endeavor. This is a long-term yep. commitment, right? So these people tend to be much more entrepreneurial mm-hmm. um, and they're motivated by... Creating something uh, to, that, that creating something that's going to pay dividends down the road, that sort of thing. So that's why they're willing to take that risk, because they have that vision of, of what something could be. Um, and so they look at money as okay, if I take this money and I invest it in myself and in this business, I can grow it and create dividends, or grow my business and sell it at one time at some time in the future. So they look at as money as kind of that tool that gets them to where they want to be in the long term, and they're willing to take the risk uh, for that. So they're builders, they're risk takers, and they tend to surround themselves with people, like-minded people, mm-hmm. that want to kind of do the same thing, where they're, they're almost sharing ideas and, and almost being advisors to each other, and, mm-hmm. yeah, and almost yeah. get each other worked up, and yeah, we can do this, or yeah, you can do this sort of thing. Um, so very motivating as well that way um and but they will take they're, they're not willy-nilly they they will take calculated risks right, right? they're right. like i'm willing to put this in to and to uh turn it into that not just throw money at whatever uh sort of situation so and
1: i and that's kind of that bigger i think one of the big differentiators from the moment people right is is that you said it that calculated risk right of yes i will take the risk but it is for a future payoff, a right? It is benefit, for yeah. whereas the moment people are, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this and enjoy the moment, <laughs> right? right. Um, whereas that is that difference is it's it's really for something out in the future,
0: right? But they can have challenges as well. So opportunity people can chase that shiny uh, item, whatever's new, this, whatever's new yeah. and exciting, <laughs> and it, oh yeah, I could you know sink my teeth into that and go with it. So um, and sometimes they can go kind of rogue and go on their owns. And um, the other challenge that they might have is sometimes they become a bit more um, self-centered. Their, mm. their, their wealth, what they've created, their wealth is all about them. Right. Right. And, and so a little bit of um, uh, humbleness in that process. Right. So they look what I've done. For look them. what I've built. Right. right. I've done this sort yeah. of thing. And uh, yeah, it took me a while and I, you know, blood set and sweat and tears and, but look what I've done. So, there can be a little bit of self-centeredness in their in their wealth,
1: and are are the these opportunity people again given their kind of higher risk? I think tend to not get as buried in the details as well, right? So um, again, if they're looking out ahead, they may have grandiose plans for, but may not know exactly how. <laughs> so again, when you're when we're now kind of looking at how do these wealth languages interact. When one of these opportunity people is talking to or communicating with somebody on the lower risk side of the chart, again, they, they're they not going to have the same interest in working through the details or the the explanation where, again, even if it's another future-looking person. Um,
0: the opportunity people will hire all the future people right. to run the company for them.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the detail. That's right. your engineers, your that's accountants, exactly right. right? So, so they uh,
0: surround themselves with advisors yeah. to help them understand. They're right? the
1: idea generator. And then, again, that's where it's important to have and as we kind of said right at the beginning of this this episode, um, there's no right or wrong, and it's it's learning to communicate between these because they can complement each other is, is kind of what exactly what we're saying here, and yeah. um, they can complement each other very well if you're aware of again the the strengths and weaknesses of each of yeah. those. Languages and mindsets as well
0: and the stability people in that business are the people like they're your operations people They right. make sure everything gets done every day. Yeah, yeah. Right? All those tasks all that stuff and they create a great environment there So there's room for everybody in the opportunities business
1: exactly <laughs> so um i know when we're kind of presenting these ideas to people um there's a couple kind of questions or a a little activity that we like to have people do um to kind of start the conversation around again um what is your um wealth language yeah, and your and, your, and maybe that of your spouse or your significant other as well. Um, so, yeah, what are those questions that we like to kind of ask people? And, and again, I'd encourage our listeners to kind of um, go through this exercise as well. And and we'd love to hear um, any feedback or results that people have if, if you do do this. Um, but yeah, walk us through that exercise uh, just here as we kind of get things wrapped up for today.
0: Yes. Yeah, As I sit down with people and we we kind of unpack the wealth languages, the first thing I say to people is, you have a primary one, but you could also have a secondary one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the secondary one can kind of pop up every one. So as as we go through these two questions, you might answer it a certain way, but it may... It, uh, your current circumstances might influence it. So uh, there's a primary one that's generally what you always have, uh-huh. and there's a secondary one that you might pop into in and out every once in a while. Anyways, here's the first question um, that you would kind of ask yourself: If I had a meaningful sum of money fall into my lap tomorrow, what would I spend it on, and why? And then the the only caveat to that question is that you have to spend it. You can't give it away. Okay, okay? you have well, to spend and you can't it. save it. And you and you or can't, can you save. No, I think you can save okay, it, okay. and you can pay down debt or whatever, okay, yep. because that's what's going to kind of review. What well, like if you were paying down debt, that's near term. If mm-hmm. you were saving it, that's long term. Right, so it right. can kind of look at that sort of that spectrum. So what is it that you're going to to do with it? If you're going to spend it on something, that pushes you to another direction, right? right? So all we're trying to do is try to kind of uncover that primary wealth language, um, and and how you would use the, utilize that money, okay? Second question is actually for the spouse. So if you're looking at your spouse, if your spouse had a meaningful sum of money fall into his or her lap, what would they spend it on and why? Same sort of parameters. Mm-hmm. And that's what those, just those two simple questions start to uncover where your wealth language lies, which you can then take and a little bit further into more discussion, which we talked about at the beginning. It's communication that's really important. So these two questions actually help, help um, you kind of uncover your wealth language and where your primary and maybe even secondary uh, wealth language kind of falls.
1: And again, they are relatively simple questions, but can, again, provide some very profound insight and, uh, and again, get that conversation started Um, even just between spouses, um, so that you can even better understand each other and, again, how you communicate and and go down that road together.
0: So over Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving, say I said it too, (laughs) over Valentine's Day dinner, this is, all you you men out there, this is your conversation starter for having a great meal together with your partner or spouse to uncover your wealth, wealth languages.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Your Life and Money. We hope you found this episode informative and inspiring. If you have any questions or feedback, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at advice-first.ca. Remember, financial planning is about more than just money. It's about living the life you want. So take some time to reflect on your goals and priorities and let us help you create a plan that aligns with your vision for the future. We'll be back with more stories, insights, and strategies to help you get the most out of your money and your life. Until then, take care and keep planning for the life you deserve. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of Harborfront Wealth Management. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Please seek advice from your accountant regarding anything raised in the content of the podcast regarding your individual tax situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.